Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, New Community Church. How y'all doing? Woo, man, y'all look good this morning. Hey, my name is uh, Pastor Spencer, and I'm the Family Life Pastor here at NCC, and uh, we are so glad that you decided to spend part of your Sunday with us this morning. If you're new, welcome. We'd love to get to meet you. Me and some of our staff will be at the Connect Center at the end of service, so please come on by. But we're glad that you guys are here uh, for our last week of the Forgotten God series. And this is a series that's been incredible so far. If you agree with me, you can say amen. It's been good. We've been rediscovering the work of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives, the power that we have, all of these things. Because I think many times we get into this habit of knowing who God is, right, the creator of, of, of everything. We know that he sent his son Jesus to come down and die for us, that he was resurrected. We celebrated on Easter that he, or on Easter that he came back uh, from the dead. But, but so often we forget or maybe we just neglect the spirit that was left with us that was here to give us power and here, to, here to, to move and work in us. And so that's what this series is all about, is focusing on the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we've been talking about what that means and what the Spirit does in our life, how it gives us power. It's God's seal of His work on our, in our lives and, and what He can do through us. And so the past couple weeks, we've been talking about this. Pastor Aaron uh, talked two weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, what our life should look like when God is in us, right? Galatians 5.22 talks about, uh, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these things that should be characteristics of our lives as believers. And then last week, we talked about the power of the Spirit. I told Pastor Aaron, I was a little upset we didn't play the song, I got the power. Anybody like, you know, come on, get it. Because we talked about how good it is when God's Spirit is working through us and, and empowering us. And man, we, we knew God was, uh, is always offering us more. And so we spent an awesome time down here in the altars last week and just seeking out God. And, and I believe that God's got something more for us today, amen? And so I want to start off this morning just by praying. So if you would bow your heads with me. God, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would help open up our ears. You would help open up our hearts to receive your word this morning. We know that you want to speak to us and that, God, you want to do something in us, and I pray that you would remove any distractions, any barriers to what you want to do, and, God, that we would hear your word and be obedient followers of you. And We love you, and we thank you. And you know what I mean? Pray. Amen. Well, this morning, we're going to continue in talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and if you're taking notes, you can write that. That's kind of the title of the message is The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've got sermon notes in the seats there if you don't have anything, or you can take notes on your smartphone, um, but we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I know some of you are going, you know, wait, hold on, stop. I'm not gifted. That's not me. Uh, I'm not athletic. I don't have musical abilities or artistic things, and some of you are like, I can't even take good pictures of my food and put it on Instagram. Nobody likes the pictures, right? Um, but these luckily aren't the gifts that we're talking about. We're talking about something given from God, and we're going to look today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, you can go ahead and flip there. That's where we're going to stay for the majority of this morning of our time together uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. And let me say, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't own one, there's actually one in the seat underneath you or in front of you, and that's our gift to you. Uh, here at NCC, we believe in the power of the Word of God, that we, we have biblical truth that was inspired by God, written to us and for us. And so we're going to be there in that book, uh, in that Bible, it's page 558. And as you're flipping there, I just wanted to share a little bit about this book. 1 Corinthians is written by a man named Paul. Some of us know him. He was a disciple of Jesus, and he was also uh, one that wrote a, a good amount of the New Testament books. And Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth. 
Now this for us uh, is like southern Greece, if you want to kind of get an idea of who he's sending this letter to. And uh, what I want to start with this morning to kind of get us on track is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. I think this is important for us to hear. It's because Paul says this right here, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You've got your Bible, you can circle that word uninformed, underline it, whatever you want to do. This word is important because it says, look, hey, I've got something for you, and if you don't know this, something's going to happen. You're going to be misconstrued or sitting in the wrong direction. Some other translations even say, uh, I, don't want you to be, I don't want you to misunderstand these, or my favorite, I don't want you to be ignorant, right? That's like common, common today. It's like, don't be stupid about what this is, because in the first three verses right there, Paul says, hey, there's going to be people that lead you the wrong direction, people that say one thing, people that do the other. They'll misuse these spiritual gifts, so I want you to be informed. I want you to know what we're talking about, and so um, we want to look at this morning why we need to have spiritual gifts and, and what the purpose of them is for, right? Because many of us, we come to church and we go, okay, my job is to come here, the pastor's going to preach to me, uh, I'm going to take my kids upstairs, and the, the pastor's up there going to take care of them. I come, I sit, I get mine, and I'm done, I go home. But that's not what we're called to do. As believers, that's not the job. It's not the pastor's job just to give you everything. It's not the church's job to provide it all. And there's something we want to talk about this morning, and it's your journey. And uh, if you want to write this down, it's up here on the screen, but this is what our intention is for you, that you're on a journey in your relationship with Christ, and it's your journey. And the church's role is to be there to help you know the path in which to take, right? To live relationally, to develop spiritually, and to grow together. That's our job, for us to come together and to go, I'm supposed to grow for me in my relationship with Christ. That is my duty. It's my responsibility, and the church is to come alongside of you right? And so uh, in Ephesians 4.11, it actually tells what a pastor's spiritual gifts are and how we use those. And it says, Ephesians 4.11, that pastors are called to equip God's people. If you're one of God's people, say amen this morning. That's right. To equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. We are the church, the people of Christ. We are the people of God. We are the body. And Paul actually uh, talks about this a little bit further down. We won't read it, but you can go home and read it this week. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he uses this illustration of we are the body. Now, why is that? Why, why are we the body? First off, if you think about your body, you've got lots of different parts of the body, right? And they all kind of work together. My, my hands need my eyes to be able to grab and pick up things. My feet need my legs to be able to move them. My stomach desperately needs my mouth to be able to intake food, and I really appreciate my tongue because it usually tastes good because of that, right? So all of these body parts play a role together and work together, and that's why we are like the body. There's three things that we're going to throw up here. The first thing is everybody has a part. That means everyone in this room, you all have a part to play. You have a gift that you've been given as a believer of God. Every part has a purpose. This is kind of like a puzzle, right? Every puzzle has to have every, one, every single piece to make the full picture, And so every one of us, we are a part, every part has a purpose, and then every part relies on each other. We complement each other. We have each other's backs. We can pick up the weight where somebody else may drop a little bit, all these different things. We work together as the body of Christ, and this is what Paul is saying is as as people that are growing in our spiritual gifts, that we complement each other. Some people have certain things, other people have other ones, and so we're all gifted and have a part that plays a purpose in the body of Christ, and these, these parts or these gifts are given by God. So we'll continue looking 1 Corinthians 12 in verse 4, and this is where it says um, who these gifts are given by. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. That's pretty clear, right, that, that there's one God, 
He gives all of us different kinds of gifts for a purpose. That's, that's, that's all it's saying there, four through seven. Um, and so I broke down just kind of a little working definition for us this morning of spiritual gifts. What is, what is a spiritual gift? Why do we have it? All that. So if you want to write this down, spiritual gifts are this. They are God-given abilities which enable a believer to effectively serve the body of Christ. All right, God-given abilities which enable a believer to effectively serve the body of Christ. Now, I'll break this down even a little bit more. Um, first part, God-given. This means it is not earned by you. There is nothing that you can do personally to get these gifts. God is giving them to you. In verse 7, it said, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It's given to us, right? That means you don't have to go try to find it, go take it. It is freely given to you, and it's an ability. That's that second part there. It's ability. That means uh, that it is something that you are gifted with. Like, I'm not going to take my car to somebody that's not a mechanic, right? I'm not going to take my car to a refrigerator repairman because that's not his ability. It's not to work on cars. And so we've got abilities that God has given us to effectively do what he has called us to do. And that means that we don't all have the same ability. The third part of that is it's for believers. A God-given ability which enables a believer, right? This is where it differs from talents. You all know people that can play sports. You know people up here that can play instruments and sing and all these different abilities. Some of us have mathematic abilities and, and uh, it's like business-minded, all these things. Those are talents given to everybody. When you're born into the world, you're, you have some kind of talent. But as believers, we have spiritual gifts and they're given to us. And so um, they're God-given abilities for believers and the purpose is to effectively serve the body of Christ to effectively serve the body of Christ. This means we're called to build up each other. We're called to, to help one another. And what, if maybe some of you are questioning this, you are all called to do ministry. Some people would say, I'm not a pastor, so I'm not doing ministry. No, that's, that's exactly the opposite of what this says. We're all called to serve the body of Christ. We're all called to do ministry and share the love of God with each other. So if you were ever questioning, am I called to ministry? Am I supposed to? Yes, heaven's just open. The word of God came. You are called to do some ministry. That could be at your work, it could be with your family, it could be with friends, whatever it is, but you are called to it. And so this is our calling. It's the will of God for our lives to do these things right here. Um, and so I just want to take, now that we kind of know what it is let's, or why we have them, let's look at what the spiritual gifts are. Um, we're going to look in 1 Corinthians 12 here, and they're, they're going to go through nine of them, which is a lot. But uh, before we get there, let me tell you what it is not. A spiritual gift is not the same as the fruit of the Spirit. Right, that's what we've talked about in previous weeks, the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of those things. Those are characteristics of a believer. If you love God and if, you, if he's in your heart, then you act in these ways, or you should. You should act with love, with joy, with faithfulness and gentleness, all of these things. Now, these can go with spiritual gifts. You should operate in all of your gifts with these kind of attitudes and characteristics. So um, we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 12, and it's three verses, but it's a little bit, verses 8 through 10. So follow along. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. That's what's up here on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, one Spirit, the, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. 
Now, I know that's a lot right there, and let me just go ahead and say, um, in no way is this little small chunk of Scripture the exhaustive list of all spiritual gifts. Okay, we'll start with that. Um, But this morning, we don't have time to even dig in fully to every one of these. So here's your uh, challenge right here. You're going to have some homework this week. We're going to go through some of these. I'm going to have some verses. Write them down. And this week, go back and read them because it'll be examples of what these gifts are. And you can begin to look and say, you know what? That actually does resemble something in my life. Maybe I am spiritually gifted in that area. So um, we're about to kind of clear the air, as Paul would kind of say. We're, try- we're ready to get informed about what these gifts are, right? So we're going to start with the first one. It's in verse 8, and that's a message of wisdom. And so each one of these, I've got uh, the gift, a description of it, and an example. So you can write down if you want to. You can take pictures if it's faster, whatever you want to do. So the message of wisdom in verse 8, this is the ability to apply the word of God in a practical way to specific situations and to recommend the best course of action at the best time. So this is kind of like being able to give good guidance or good direction, helping others know what to do, when to do it. Um, Part of the wisdom that we have is from the Word of God, being able to read the Word of God and know it and say, okay, I know wisdom says that the Lord told me not to do this, and so now how do I give people that wisdom, right? So message of wisdom is so that you can, something you can give to others to say, hey, this is kind of what I feel like is what God is speaking to you. Don't do this. Do this. Go in this direction. Advice or guidance. First um, Kings 3.12 is a great example of that whole story uh, through there of Solomon. Uh, he's about to take over the nation, and he's going, God, I need wisdom. Give me wisdom to rule this place, and it's given to him, and you can see what that looks like if you want to go read that this week. The second uh, gift we see in verse 8 is the message of knowledge. The message of knowledge is this, the ability to know or discover truth for the benefit of others. Ability to know or discover truth for the benefit of others. This... Um, this can be something that you, you kind of have learned and God has kind of given to you or something that you have no idea what it is. I like to think of this one as the one where you get your mail read, all right? And I've had this experience. I know I talked to Pastor Jason even a little bit about this. This is when somebody that doesn't really know your situation, your, uh, what's going on in life, and they come up to you and be like, hey, uh, I, I know you've got this going on, and I think uh, at work you've got a decision to make, and all of a sudden you're just going, wait, I didn't tell you any of this. How do you know this? That's God speaking through somebody to say, hey, here's a, a message of knowledge, I feel like a promotion is coming your way, and God's telling me to just keep pursuing, keep going hard, whatever that is. And so uh, that's what I say. It's, it's like getting your mail read, right? Nobody knows what's going on except for God gave them that word, and you're going, all right, God, I hear you. I'll stop, or I'll start. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, it's, uh, it's seen in John 4, and it's a great story. The woman at the well, some of you know it, but Jesus is talking to, uh, to a lady, and, and she's kind of like trying to play it like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Everything's great. And he's like, yeah, uh, so you're married, right? No, I'm not married. And he's like, no, you have been married a couple times, and now you're living with somebody that you're not married to. And she's just like, oh, man, like I need to run. Where do I go? A message of knowledge, something that somebody shouldn't have known that was given by God so that you can know that God is trying to speak to you. Um, the next one is the gift of faith. It's in verse 9 here, and this is having confidence in Christ in spite of circumstances or appearance. Now, this is not being cocky or boastful and being, oh, I can do anything I want to do. You know, I'm the man. Um, But this is confidence in Christ, key word right there. Um, And we see that that here for me, this is more of a, a when type of person rather than an if person. When God does this in my life, then I'm going to do this. When I get that promotion, it's going to be great. Not like if, I, if I'm good enough and then, you know, then maybe something will happen and maybe whatever. No, like God can give you faith and confidence in him to, to go full force at whatever it is that he's called you to. A uh, great example, Daniel 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
They're, they're asked to bow down before a king, a, God, a, a man, not a god. And they say, you know what? We're not going to. And the king says, I'm going to throw you in a furnace. I'm going to burn you alive. And they say, hey, you can do that, but we know our, guard, our God can save us. We have faith in him. We know that he has power and is greater than whatever you've got. And so you go back go and read that story this week. It's so powerful. Uh, verse 9, also, the gift of healing. Now, um, let me just say, some people are going to start being like, oh, I've heard of some of these weird things. And, well, don't, once again, we prayed that we wouldn't have misconstrued or um, preconceived notions about this. God's going to speak to us. But gifts of healing, the ability to serve as a vessel of God's power to supernaturally cure illnesses and restore health. All right? Um, so we see this throughout the Bible, lots of different places. But one of the most important that I think when you look at is in the book of John. If, if you have never read your Bible or want to start somewhere, the book of John is a great place. It's the story of Jesus. Um, and so we see in, in John 5, Jesus heals a lame man. In John 9, he heals a blind man. John 11, he raises a dead man back to life. Healing is real. He showed us how to do it. He showed us what it is. The disciples after him did it. And some of you would say, oh, but that's Jesus. You know, like, I can't do what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12. He said, anything that I've done, you can do that and even greater things than that. And I'm saying, God, I want that. Give me greater things. Give me what you've got. I want to do that. I want to be a vessel in which your power moves and your spirit moves through me. I don't want to be scared of people going, oh, that's weird. I want them to know Jesus is in me through these gifts. And so, man, I'm praying for those things. God, give me that. And that's so clear. John 5, 9, 11, through that whole uh, book, you just read through the Bible, the gifts of healing. The next one is the miraculous powers. Uh, this is in verse 10 now. And it says, the ability to serve as a vessel of God's power to accomplish supernatural things. Very similar to what we just talked about with healing, except for this is non-bodily function type things going on, right? This is more of a, man, God, God says, hey, it's time for this person's car to start. You better start praying over it, right? In the morning, you're late to work, and you're going, God, use, come on, Jesus, start this car. I know it's almost out of gas, and I know it's really old, and I didn't take care of it, but God, use this power. Come on, Jesus. And you start getting excited about it, but God can use you to do miraculous things. We see this um, in First. Kings 17, Elijah prays that no rain would come, and no rain came for three years. Oh, man. You're right? Like, that's some power right there. We also see it in the book of Acts. Um, there's a, a, a disciple or an apostle named Philip, and uh, there's somebody with a demonic spirit, and he begins to pray that out. He says, you know what? That's not going to have a place, in, place here. This is a place of God, and this is a person of God, all these kind of things. And so, um, and if for some reason you think there is no such thing as demonic spirit, spirits or powers, you can go read uh, in Ephesians 6 and 12. It says, we don't battle against just flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits and all kinds of things. And we've got angels fighting on our side. So we want that power that God has given. So that's miraculous powers. Um, the next one is prophecy. This is also in verse 10. This is receiving and proclaiming a message from God. Receiving and proclaiming a message from God. God gives you a word for somebody about the future, and he's saying, hey, this is real. You see this throughout the Bible. It's Old Testament, it's New Testament, and Revelation, all these different places. Um, but what I want to look at specifically for us this morning when we're acting in the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, talks about how we are to do that. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening encouragement and consolation so this is about lifting people up encouraging them and saying man like god has more for you continue go strengthen yourself chase after him desire him all these different things and so um, that's prophecy the next one in verse 10 distinguishing between spirits once again i said there's nine of them so we're going through these i'm trying to move quickly get you guys stay stay with me distinguishing between spirits another word for this is discernment 
the ability to clearly discern between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Uh, similar to this would be like reality versus counterfeits or divine versus demonic, true, false teachings, spiritual versus carnal motives. Um, maybe at, at one point somebody came up to you and you just had a bad feeling about what they were saying, that it wasn't the truth. I don't know if anybody's ever had that. Or maybe, maybe there's some kind of situation. If you have kids, you've probably had some discernment in your life before when they're going, uh, yeah, dad said I could do this. And you're like, no, nah, I know your dad didn't say that, right? And we start to discern that that's not a true spirit that you're telling me. You're telling me something that you're making up. And that's a spiritual gift that we can see between the lines that God is going, hey, pay attention. This may not be what you think it is. This may not be what it looks like from the outside, a discerning spirit. First Samuel 3.8, cool story where um, Eli and Samuel are there. Samuel keeps waking up in the middle of the night going, Eli, did you call my name? He kept hearing voices. And Eli had the discernment to go, hey, that's actually the Lord speaking to you. Why don't you call out for him, right? And so we can use that discernment in our, in our lives and others' lives to help us see that. Um, we got two more. Speaking in different tongues, verse 10. This is the ability to receive and impart a spiritual message in a language the recipient never learned for the other members of the body to be edified. Uh, we see this in the book of Acts. Uh, in the upper room, uh, the day of Pentecost, what's happening is, is God's spirit comes in like a rushing wind and they begin to speak in languages that they've never heard before and it's God speaking in them and through them uh, and, and it's used for multiple reasons. Once again, we're not going to dive deep into these things because we could go a full sermon series on that alone, right? Um, so that's speaking in tongues, Acts 2.4. And the other part of that is interpretation of tongues in verse 10. This is the ability to translate in the vernacular and in the language that they could he understand a message publicly uttered in a tongue. This is the kind of the counterpart to speaking in tongues that, that it can be translated by someone that doesn't even know. It's God's, uh, God's discernment, God's uh, words coming out of somebody else going, I don't know what you just said. This is what God told me you just said, right? And so uh, that's the interpretation of tongues. There's, there's other things. Acts 2.6, you actually hear some people understanding tongues, and that's kind of a, an illustration of what that is there if you want to go look at that. Um, but there's more than just that. That's the nine that we see in 1 Corinthians 12. There's gifts of administration, gifts of hospitality, uh, gifts of shepherding and pastoring, all these different things. So like I said, this is not an exhaustive list. God can use you in any way he chooses to, any way he wants, and you can be gifted however he wants to do that. But it's our job to begin to seek it. It's our, God, it's our job to ask God for it. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff we just went through there. And like I said, I challenge you, Go find out a little bit more about these ones. Ask our pastors. Our, our business cards are back here. We got phone numbers and emails. You can call us. You can ask us. You can catch us after service in between the week. We want to help you understand these things, and we don't want you to be uninformed like Paul says. And so just like we talked about earlier, we're all on this journey to grow in Christ. This is part of it is knowing what he's gifted us with. Um, and what I don't want to happen today is for you to just know all of these things but not know what to do with them, Right? In James 1.22, it says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Be active in, in like putting those things to work. And so how do we use these? How do we begin to develop these gifts in our life and begin to work them out? And I would say one of the biggest things we have to do is we have to become a person of desire. Each and every one of us, we have to be people that desire these things right? It's not just randomly going to happen. It's not just going to like on a whim, like all of a sudden, but, but God wants you to chase after these things. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, this is a little further in our, our chapter, it says to eagerly desire these higher gifts. That's what Paul tells us to do, eagerly desire them. Not like nonchalantly, maybe someday you're just kind of like, oh, I think I may want one of those. No, pursue them, yearn for them, have a passion for them. 
It reminds me a lot about Christmas morning. I don't know if you guys did this when you were kids. I know like every uh, Christmas Eve, I would sit there restless. Oh gosh, like I can't even go to sleep. I'm so excited. Like what's going to be under the tree? There's going to be gifts for me. Something that I want, something that I can use, something that I can play with. And, and first thing in the morning, man, as soon as my eyes open, it's not like on a work day where you're like, oh, I got to get out of bed. No, you're like out of bed. You're jumping out there. You're as soon as you can unwrapping those gifts to see what has been given to you. That's what God wants you to do to be eagerly uh, pursuing those and passionate about what he has for you, that it's a gift for you intended for who you are specifically. He created you for a purpose. You play a part. and He wants you to pursue that. And so how do we do that? How do we pursue? Uh, there's three things that we're going to look at this morning on how to do that. The first one is we ask for them. Ask for the gifts of the Spirit. God, give me these things. I, I, I know that, that there's people in my life that need me to give them wisdom. They've been asking me questions, and I don't know what to do. God, give me the wisdom to share with them. I've got kids. God, help me have the knowledge to know what to do. Help me to have the faith to do it myself sometimes. I need these gifts. I need to encourage people with them. Second one is we need to look for them. There's, thing that's already, there's things that are already in your life that maybe you just need to ask somebody, hey, have you, have you seen anything in my life? Is there anything in me that you would say maybe is a gifting for me? You could, you, if anybody knows my mother, you know she has the gift of hospitality. She will invite you in to, your, to our house, whether like you're a stranger off the road or you've known her for a, a couple years. Like It's just like, oh, come on, come eat with us. It's all good, right? People will notice those things and go, man, that's, that's a special gift. Not everybody has that. Some people, man, I've got the gift of teaching. You, you understand those things and you just so clearly can communicate them right? People see those things and you so ask them about them. What is that in my life? Look, and look for those things. And the other thing we can do is serve with them. Maybe you're not sure. Oh, maybe I've got this. Maybe I don't. Guess what? Try it out. Try it out. God wants to use you. So say, God, I'm ready. What can I do? Give me somebody. Let me look around this room. And man, if you have a word for me to give to them, I'm going to do it. You just give me that word. I'm ready, right? Ask for them. Look for them. Serve with them. That's what we've got to do. And so for some of us in this room, it starts with asking for forgiveness because we talked about earlier that definition of spiritual gifts is that this is for believers, right? And there's some people that may be in this room that says, you know what, I, I understand this, it's all cool, but I, I haven't necessarily believed in God before. And maybe that's your step today is to believe in God. And uh, I believe it's in 1 Peter, uh, it talks about, or sorry, Acts 2.38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Seems pretty clear. Ask God in. Repent of your sins. Be baptized by him and then receive the gifts. He's ready to give them to you. He's saying, just come to me. And so we want to give that opportunity this morning. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to give the opportunity. If there's anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're not a believer today, but you're saying, you know what, I want to be a believer. I want to know God, and I want him to work in my life. I want the spirit of God to be active and to be powerful in my life. All it takes is for you to repent of your sins and run to him and say, I'm yours. I'm yours. And so that if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to take a, a step of faith. And if this morning you want to begin that journey with Christ that we've talked about, all you got to do is stand up wherever you're at and come to the front. I just want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, we'll take a second.
We're going to pray a prayer this morning, whether you've prayed it before or this is your first time, it doesn't matter. God's saying, hey, I want you. I want you to come home. And so I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you. I put away my desires, put away the things of this world, and I want to desire you. Wash me clean, make me new, and help me to be obedient every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, heaven is going crazy right now for what's happening. Hey. This morning, we just want to speak with you guys just for a second. We've got a couple of people here that just want to talk you through what's next, the next steps. So that This isn't just a one-time thing. It's not just an emotional decision, but it's a lifelong decision to follow God. And so if you all want to follow Aaron and Debbie, they're just going to go into this room right over here and talk to you for a second. Once again, man, give it up for what God's doing. He's making people and places new. And that's where it starts. Hopefully everyone in this room, you've had that moment where you came to Christ. Now it's our turn to ask. We as the believers, what do we do to receive these gifts? How do we use them? What is our first step? The first step we said is ask for it. What does that mean? It means you gotta be in your Bible to see what they are and you gotta start praying that God would give them to you, right? I remember every single night before going to bed, my mother would come and tuck me in and I specifically remember her praying, God, Give Spencer words of wisdom. Give Spencer words of knowledge. Give him favor. I was prayed over all my life being raised up in that way. And I would say in a test today, God has blessed me with some of those things. And I don't know why I'm not deserving, but I know it was prayed for in my life. And God, man, the prayer of a righteous person, right? Come on. Pray for it. Ask for it. God wants to give it to you. He wants to operate in you. We've got to pray for it. And so this week, we've had a prayer every single week that, that we're challenging you to pray every single day, to start your day off saying that. And we've got one for, for you this morning. I want you to, to read this with me. We're going to read it all together at one time. So let's do this. God, help me not forget your spirit today. Lead me, guide me, and give me power to live for you. Help me know the gifts you have equipped me with and use them to impact the people in my life. I'm asking you to fill every moment of my day today. We're going to be praying that together. It's going to be on our website, on our social medias every single day. We will pray that together as a church saying, God, use us. Show us what those gifts are and help us to obey you and follow those. We want to be obedient to you. We want to use what you've gifted us with. And so we're going to be praying. The second thing, we're going to be looking for them, talking to people. Hey, what, what do you see in my life? Genesis, what do you see in my life that I, I already do? Can you help me understand what those gifts are? Start talking to people. Ask them what's going on. But whatever you don't, don't compare yourself. Once again, we all have individual gifts. We've been gifted with different things. Some of us aren't ever going to stand up on a stage and preach. We may not have that, that gift of evangelism or just going crazy and talking to everybody, but some of us may have that wisdom or that faith or that healing, right, that God says, I want to I use you, my power through you to pray for healing for somebody. And it's not just limited to one gift. Man, it's like trail mix. You can grab a handful of a little bit of everything, right? Jump in there and, and go crazy. God wants to use you. Don't be afraid. And so the last thing was to serve with them. 
Let me just tell you, God's not going to give you a desire in your heart to do something that you're not gifted to do. If you feel like hospitality is a thing that, you, that, that you're great at and he's going, hey, guess what? I gave that to you. No, duh, you like it, right? That's a gift I've given to you. And so begin to use those gifts. More than likely, we so often get in this mindset of, man, God wants me to do something crazy that I'm going to be uncomfortable with. No, more than likely, he's given you a desire, a passion, a love for the things that he's gifted you for. So it's time to use those. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to take a couple minutes. The worship team is going to be playing and and we want you to respond in whichever way God is asking you to this morning. Maybe it's opening up your Bible and going, God, like what, what some of these, maybe, maybe that sounded like me. I, I need to look into that. I want to read some of that. God, speak through your word. Some of you, this altar is going to be open. Our, our, uh, our staff will be up here. A couple people can be up here. Just pray. God, show it to me. Open up my eyes. Maybe I've been blinded by the things that I just want to do and not the stuff you've called me to do. Help me to see that. Help me to have these things. Help me to be passionate about them. And then there may be some people that that God's spoken to you. Here's your gift. And this morning he's saying, operate in it. It's time to use it. There may be somebody in the room that he's saying, hey, I actually have a word for them. Remember, I talked to you about it a little while ago. You were supposed to talk to them. Hey, you know that person that's over there on the crutches? You're supposed to pray for them. Uh, But God, what what if they're not healed? That's not your problem. That's God's problem. Your problem is to be obedient. And he's saying, hey, operate in these gifts. You got a, a message maybe, maybe for somebody or maybe words of wisdom for somebody. Maybe it's for your kids. You need to write it down. Man, when I go home, I'm going to tell my kids this. My spouse, we've got to work on this together. Maybe you have a word uh, for the church. Our, our staff will be over here. We want to talk to you about that and see if that's something that is for a personal, uh, an individual or for the body of Christ. Come talk to us and we'll help discern what that is. But this morning, we don't want to just be hearers. We want to be doers. And so these altars are open. You can come up to the front. You can come worship. The band's going to play, but we want to listen. We want to ask God, and then we would begin to operate in these gifts. So make your way wherever you want. The room is open.